Hey, welcome to the Rookie Homesteader. My name is Ross Landry, and I am a beginner getting into homesteading. I purchased land in Charlestown, Rhode Island about a month ago, seven acres, and I've been working hard since then. So I've been able to drill a well, um, set up some solar panels, build a greenhouse, uh, built a chicken coop. I converted about one acre of forest into pasture and uh, also installed a gravel driveway. Oh, and I built a tiny house. Just kidding, I haven't done any of this. <laughs> so uh, stick around, I'll let you know what I've actually accomplished in my first month of homesteading. Okay, so technically I've owned the land for a month now, but actually I've been working on it for about two because as soon as my offer was accepted, I just started showing up and doing work on the land um, while I was waiting for the closing because I figured, hey, this is great. Right now I'm not paying my mortgage yet and uh, and I can just show up and get to work and kind of get a head start on things before I have to start paying bills. So, so that's exactly what I did. And uh, technically, I was trespassing illegally, I suppose, but uh, it's like the most victimless crime ever. You know, if you really want to arrest me for pruning someone else's bushes, uh, so be it. So so I went for it and never had any issues. Um, met one of the neighbors and, you know, he didn't give me a hard time at all about what I was doing. So, so I started showing up and in the first month when I didn't technically own the place yet, I was mostly focused on cleaning up this old outbuilding, this kind of um, accessory structure that I call it the shop. I don't know what it was originally. It might've been some kind of studio space. It might've been a workshop. Uh, I think I heard it was used most recently as a chicken coop, but the way it has a concrete foundation, like a slab foundation and pretty solid two by four frame construction, it just, um, it just feels like it was probably a little more, something a little more than a chicken coop originally. So I don't know, who knows? It's hard to tell because at the time when I first started going there, it was just covered in vines, like absolutely getting swallowed by these greenbrier vines. And then um, beyond that, well, and not just vines, but uh, actually a lot of berry bushes too, which I was so hesitant to cut down, but because I, I just, I really love raspberries and blackberries and um but they were just they were making it kind of hard to see what was going on with this building so i did end up um cutting down some of these uh wild berry bushes to get at it and um yeah started by just kind of cutting down some vegetation so i could expose the building and get a look at it and then started just picking it apart taking off a bunch of rotted wood um clearing out tons of garbage so i had these uh two big dumpster bags, not contractor bags, but like, um, it's like they call it bagster, like a dumpster, um, bag service from uh, waste management. And, um, yeah, I, I filled those bad boys up with just junk that I pulled out of this building. And I was very discerning about what could be useful and what was definitely trash. So if there was like, um, some kind of tool or something I found, I would usually just put it off to the side. So for example, I found, um, there's a stepladder, sawhorses, a wheelbarrow, um, a, a plastic trash bin, 
probably a couple other things, but there was a, a handful of things like that where I found, and I, I said, you know, this, this could really be a nice thing to have. And I put that off to the side, but then there's other stuff. It was just like a broken plastic table or a giant bag full of, um, rotten asphalt shingles or whatever. Just, there was a lot of stuff that was very clearly just garbage and had to go. So, so I pulled off the rotted wood. I pulled off, I pulled out a lot of garbage and then that stuff went in the dumpster bag and then, um, dry wood that wasn't in good enough shape to be useful, but really not, no wood I found in there seemed like it would be useful for future projects, but there was some wood that was in tough shape, but was dry enough and not rotted or painted that I could just burn. So those went in a separate pile and I, I had a big burn pile and then the garbage bags. And, uh, yeah, I'd say probably spent like 40 to 50 hours just, just overhauling that building. And, uh, and then I got a good look at it and I could see what I was working with. I originally, I, I thought, wow, this place actually has pretty good bones. Once I started pulling off the rotted sort of uh, superficial parts of it, I, I felt like the framing was actually pretty good and it is in most places, but it's also, uh, that's gone bad in a few places too. So eh, it's, it's in tough shape, but it's already been enormously valuable to me even in its current condition, because I was able to get it cleared out and just drop some tools off there. And it, they stay, there's most of the shop stays dry. And then, uh, recently I've put, I'll call it a tarp. It's not exactly a tarp, but I put a big plastic sheet over the roof that makes it even more dry in there. Um, so it's been a nice place to just leave some tools. Like I put my loppers in there, I put my silky handsaw in there. Um, I bought a 40cc chainsaw. I leave that in the shop. Um, I bought a lawnmower at a yard sale for 60 bucks. I leave that in the shop, just like a normal push lawnmower. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. You get the idea. I have a bag of tools like miscellaneous, you know, hammer, screwdriver, that kind of thing. Uh, tape measure. I leave that in the shop. So it's a nice place to just leave my tools uh, as a shop should be. And, but yeah, if if you look at it, it's pretty funny. It's like this very dilapidated old rotting building. Um, but it has utility to me right now. So I'm, I'm trying to, um, just use it for what it is. I was initially entertaining ideas of really renovating it and making it really nice. Like just, you know, totally overhauling it and putting like corrugated metal roofing on and like redoing all the siding and putting in new windows. I was going to make it like really nice and call it either like the studio or the shop and just have it be like a permanent fixture on the homestead. And there, there may actually be, that may happen at some point and there be a permanent fixture there. That's either a studio or a workshop. Um, but for now I'm just sort of using it as is and, uh, and not investing a lot of money into it because it's in such bad shape that it's just a little more work than I want to get into right now. So then once I had the shop pretty functional, not looking pretty, not perfect by any means, but cleaned out and then brought in some of my own tools and then got that plastic sheet over the roof to make it more watertight. And I felt like, Hey, this is actually a really useful building for me. Um, around that same time that the shop was getting kind of good enough for now and serving its purpose, I got totally hooked on pruning these greenbrier vines. I mentioned those in the last episode, 
this property is just so overgrown with green briar vines. And I'm trying to sort of take the permaculture approach of like observe before you start intervening in the ecosystem. Um, but I also want to get shit done. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking for things that are kind of obviously, obviously would be beneficial for the, the landscape. And it's just so obvious that this green briar is, is way out of control. It's, um, it's out of balance. Like it's, it's totally smothering every other form of vegetation in the area. Like those two trees in particular were being smothered to death by these green briar vines. So there was this big pine tree, um, that was just totally covered in it. And then this big cedar tree too. So once I started pruning some of these, uh, cut it, I'd cut them at the base and pull these vines off of the trees. And there's just so many that you can really get lost in the work for hours just cutting these vines and pulling them off of trees. And uh, once I got a little taste of that, I just loved it. The The satisfaction was so satisfying, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, so, yeah, I, I got hooked on that. So I, I pretty quickly transitioned from just nonstop working on improving the, the quote-unquote shop um, to pruning these vines basically and and other things too i was um i'd start a fire like a controlled fire i'd start a little campfire and just burn dead wood that i'd find too so there's just tons of dead wood uh on the on the ground there like right on the edges of the forest tangled up in these vines actually for the most part that's kind of the the ebb and flow is that i'd I'd cut some of these vines down and um and that would untangle some bits of dead wood and then i could just pitch those on the fire and uh, sometimes I'd throw the green briar vines on the fire too, or sometimes I just cut them up into small bits with the pruning shears and just drop them on the ground and let them, uh, the plan is to just let them decompose naturally. But there's so much of it that I really couldn't leave it all on the ground. It would just, um, it would still be in the way, even if I did that. So I burned a fair amount of it. And then what I try to do is um, I try to smother the fire at the end of the night or douse it and, uh, and that way I get some, some coals out of it and can potentially I can use that as a, an amendment in, in the garden at some point. So, um, they like make biochar. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about that at another point. I haven't, haven't done much with it. I'm just collecting the, the coals. So, uh, more on that later, maybe. Okay. So you get the idea. I'm cleaning these vines off of these trees, um, burning up some dead wood. And then beyond that, I'm also trying to blaze trails through the forest. So I spent way, way more time on the forest edge, just trying to clear that space. But I also spent some time walking deeper into the property with my machete, my pruning shears and my loppers. And, um, am just clearing paths, footpaths to get around. I'm typically walking around on deer trails. So I started to do this subconsciously, just take the path of least resistance. Um, but then I noticed how much deer poop I was seeing and realized one day like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely walking the way that the, the deer walk through the forest, um, which is kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm basically opening that up the the trails that the deer uh, were sort of passively maintaining just by walking through the forest, the way that they go. I'm just kind of making those a little wider and, um, taking the pruning shears and cutting down thorny vines that are in the way. Um, taking the machete and just like chopping down dead branches that are in the way. There's lots of dead branches that are just so brittle 
and really want to get snapped off of the trunk of a tree and it doesn't take much all you gotta do is just just flick it basically with with a machete or with your hand and they'll snap off and drop to the ground so that's really satisfying and fun and uh and just get stuff out of your way so you're not gonna like you know you don't have to like crouch as much to get around the forest you can just walk a little more freely so that that's you know been rewarding opening up those walking trails through the forest and then um i also did a lot of work on clearing a couple I wouldn't call it a trail, but I guess like opening up paths to move through certain parts of the the cleared area near the road, which I think of as the homestead in my mind. So I kind of think of, I split the property up mentally as like forest and homestead. And the homestead is like the half acre near the road that's already cleared. And this work that I'm doing on the forest edge to clear more of that is kind of my attempt to expand the homestead portion of the property. Ultimately, I'd probably want to open up the homestead to be like two or three acres um, so that I can cultivate vegetables, perennial berry bushes, stuff like that. Um, and then I'll, I think I'll always leave four or five acres as forest. TBD, obviously, how that all plays out, but that's kind of what I'm envisioning right now is that uh, a few acres for the homestead, several acres to just leave as forest and you know i'll do stuff in the forest but the conveniently the back part of the property that is more sort of wild is also a steeper slope so the part near the road that makes more sense to me as a homestead because of the access and the convenience is also the flatter part that would lend itself to cultivating food there so that sort of works out perfectly Okay, so getting back to my point about the uh, the paths that I made is that um, in the homestead area, the it was kind of hard to get around. Like you still had you had to walk very indirectly to get to certain spots. So, for example, if I was going from where I would usually park to where the shop is, there's this stone wall that was very overgrown, and I had to walk around that essentially it was just i had to go very indirectly to get from point a to b and i noticed that there was a gap in the stone wall but i just couldn't walk through it because it was so overgrown with same kind of stuff i've been talking about um, berry bushes vines tree branches dead wood and um, i did try to keep the berry bushes as much as i could but the dead wood the tree branch like low-hanging tree branches the greenbrier vines of course i got all that stuff out and actually made a really nice it's really easy to walk through there now so i can walk way more directly um, from one side of the property to the other so that that also was really rewarding yeah i yeah, i'm loving it <laughs> i'm loving it i i should mention that so it's it's kind of shocking actually how much i love the act of like pruning and clearing dead wood. It's, I, I really, really like it. So um, I think I've pretty much covered the main points of what I've done in the past two months, which is cleaning out an old building I found, which I'm calling the shop, and then clearing dead wood and vines to make access paths and just open up space in general. Okay, so I think I'll start wrapping up this episode for now. Uh, but before I go, I want to mention a couple other things that might be sort of relevant to help the listener picture what's going on. So 
the house on the land is totally uninhabitable. It's really, really a disaster. And it's going to take a lot of work to be even remotely livable. So right now I'm living in Providence. I'm still renting an apartment in Providence. Um, and then also I want to clear up, you know, I mentioned mortgage payments uh, earlier in the episode. And if you listen to the last episode, I borrowed money from my parents to buy the land. So if you're wondering what I'm talking about with the mortgage, I have like a legit mortgage with them, like an official, they have a lien on the house. I have a contract with them to make monthly mortgage payments. So, um, yeah, I have a mortgage. <laughs> so, so the only difference is that instead of having a mortgage with a bank, I have a mortgage with my parents. Oh, one more thing. I want to plug my new Instagram account again. So it's at, uh, rookie underscore homesteader. And, uh, I'll be posting pictures of the shop and probably doing a little video tour of the house. So you can see how messed up this place is. Uh, and I'll be posting that stuff to Instagram. So if you want to see some visuals to go along with this podcast, uh, at rookie underscore homesteader.